and Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Hello. 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 How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fine. I was talking to our friends. Oh, how, how are our friends doing? doing? Hello, everybody. I um, I I had nightmares. Oh. Oh, do you do you all do this? Like, do you ever dream about someone in your life or a place you lived in your life that in your dreams you always go back to? Like, it's a haunted place now for you. Last night I dreamt I went to Manderley again. That's how, um, oh my God, Rebecca by Daphne de Maurier begins. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know, stupid what is stuff. That? What is that? It's a, it's a book people were all into. It's been redone as a movie 27 times, but. Well, you know how this whole show started because of Santa Monica, yes. right? I had a beautiful studio there. I had, you know, it was a great life, right? I had a great life, and then you moved in, and it was... And then we left. And then it was an even better <laughs> life. And yeah, and then eventually we left after, like, for me, it turned out over 14 years. I said only three months. Anyway, in my dreams, sometimes I go back to the studio, and it's present day, but I don't belong there anymore. It's just weird. It's, like, nightmarish, right? Whoa. I've never told you this? Well, no, I, I, I guess you have. I just haven't put it in the context of this wonderful, magical place we lived is now nightmarish. Yeah, because it's like, I know, it. I feel like a ghost and things are not the same. I don't belong there. It's not my studio anymore. I don't know where I'm going to sleep, but I'm just walking up and down. Oh, right, right, right. I get it. It's kind of like the feeling people have when, like, they visit their childhood home that they haven't lived in in 20 years and their Maybe. relatives aren't there or, you know, their it's parents just... don't live there anymore and all the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, I've never really had the opportunity to do that, you know, mm -hmm. but it's it's not a great feeling in the dream. It's, it's nightmarish for me. Right. And I have the same thing sometimes with people. And I was just thinking, well, why does this happen? Why would I dream about this person? And I think I, I, it just came to me right before we started our going on the mic. This person used to lie a lot. Oh, dear. Like no problems, had no morals. Mm -hmm. Yet she seemed very moral. You know, she thought she was moral in her way. Like how you talk about people like with morals, right? Everyone thinks that they're moral everybody believes that the things they do are moral because otherwise you're insane when you act immorally you're insane however science has proven that people act and then afterwards they actually deal with the moral ramifications of what they just did and so we're always rationalizing the things we do rationalizing like, it like saying well it was good for me to give money to this charitable organization or you know i didn't give money so all of a sudden it becomes a matter of, well, you know, I really didn't have anything to really share. Plus, I'm a super nice person, so it's 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 going to be okay. Are you saying it's kind of like procrastination, but with morals? It's, like you'll just do it and deal with it later? You do it. You do. You perform your actions, and then later your higher brain or whatever you want to call it 
takes over and figures out if what you did was actually a good thing or a bad thing, which is super twisted. It is really twisted. I'd rather deal with it immediately, but then sometimes things are twisted and it's hard to figure out sometimes. Uh, Well, our brains aren't wired to do that. Well, okay. So here's what happened. Yesterday I was out for coffee with Ooh, one of my coffee with my, one of my really good friends mm-hmm. and there was this discussion about a pet rabbit getting another pet rabbit they have this castle our friend's husband built this castle that's attached to the home it's to me it kind of looks like a you know how people build additions like sunrooms mm-hmm. in addition to the kitchen area or the living room area mm-hmm. It's like that for a rabbit. It's like legit. It's like a condo for a rabbit. I see. They take care of this rabbit. Like they they really do. Like if it's too hot outside, they take care of the rabbit. If it's too cold, they take care of the rabbit. Like it's still inside outside kind of rabbit situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't fully understand it to be truthful, but I have seen the structure and it's elaborate. It looks like a condo for this rabbit. Anyway... They were trying to adopt another rabbit, and there are all these rules. In adoption, much like you adopt a baby, they interview you. Mm -hmm. You have to go through all kinds of, you have to answer all kinds of stuff. And one of them was, are you, is this rabbit outside? And my friend is super truthful, doesn't lie, which I love, right? I don't like liars. But the thing is that she really bonded with this rabbit. Mm -hmm. Technically, this structure would seem an outdoor structure. Okay. So anyway, so she couldn't have it, right? And so she's been tortured by this because she feels that this rabbit would have the best life, right? They take Mm -hmm. care of the rabbits. Anyway, so we were talking and I'm like, technically, it's an indoor structure though, right? (laughs) So anyway, we played games. Oh, dear. Yeah, I played games with the whole and I... and And, And this is what people do with their entire lives. So I'm immoral. I acted immorally. Bottom line, I was like, it's okay to lie is what I was saying. And I think I convinced her to do it. Nice. <laughs> but uh, but here's the the wonderful thing. And it gets to what we want to talk about today, which is quantum entanglement. Okay. okay. This ought to be fun. How uh, do we get there? Well, first of all, I kind of was like, you should get, you should get this rabbit. Go save this rabbit. We got to go. I'll go with, let's go save this rabbit. It belongs with the family. Like, it's for real. And and so she's like, okay. So she starts texting Shane. And Shane comes back. What? Like, he couldn't believe what he was hearing. Because just, you know, never lies. It's just very, very moral. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so when they go, the rabbit's already been adopted. <laughs> And immediately, I was like, phew. Like, I was relieved, right? Because I started to feel bad. And there's your clue right there that you're doing something wrong. Typically, yes. Right. So it worked out perfectly. They ended up adopting this other rabbit from another place. Mm -hmm. Um, Only had to pay $5. Totally seems perfect, right? And I was thinking, wow, we definitely have something looking out for us because we really do not want to lie. And we were put in this situation. Right. And we made excuses. Yes. But somehow we ended up not having to do it anyway. Didn't go, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. 
So it was fantastic. But going back to quantum entanglement, I just feel like everything is connected. And if you're connected to being a certain way, if you do ask for help or still want to behave a certain way and you're feeling conflicted, I think if you, in your mind, you're like, oh, I need some help with this. I feel like you'll be taken care of, which leads to, let's just get into quantum entanglement. I was trying to explain it in a way that is out there. So I went to space.com. Have you been to space.com? I don't even know. But anyway, I got this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I got this from space.com. Quantum entanglement is a bizarre counterintuitive phenomenon that explains how two subatomic particles, so protons, neutrons, electrons, Teeny tiny things. Okay. How those can be intimately linked to each other, even if separated by billions of light years of space. Despite their vast separation, a change induced in one will affect the other. I always say, we always say, when something happens on this side of the planet, the other side feels it too. Mm Mm-hmm. When something happens to people we know, we can feel it even though we're far away. Anyway, there have been lots of experiments where they mess around with atoms and stuff that it affects everything. By just looking at something, it affects it, Mm -hmm. right? Like you always, when you try to explain this to people or try to explain how there's something else out there, like for those people who don't believe in any of this, who don't believe in anything um, spiritual or anything magical, whatever you want to call it, whatever it is, they don't believe in it. You always say, you always use the same example of. You remember, you were up on. Oh building. yeah, yeah. I was I was in college, and I was in a weird mood, and I was in the spot that was completely hidden. I was like up on the third floor, and this was during like. Christmas. No, it was during Thanksgiving holiday. I was still on campus. Anyways, I spied on somebody and they had no no idea. So and they were, stopped. You were up high. I was up high. Looking from a window and they were on the street level. Exactly. Right? And they turned around to see who was looking at them. Exactly. They felt it. They felt it. Because we're connected. Right? So a property of a set of subatomic particles whereby a quantum characteristic such as spin or momentum of one particle is directly and immediately correlated with the equivalent characteristic of the others regardless of separation in space. And then someone, there was this quote I liked by someone named Sean Hall. I don't know who that is, but it says, in quantum entanglement, Subatomic particles maintain a relationship, for instance, vibrating when the other vibrates, even when separated, and even if they are at great distances from each other. So like a further exp- explanation of quantum entanglement. I have my, my definition, kind of like how you started looking at someone and they felt you looking mm-hmm. at them, even though you were far away and above in a building. But like even with our kids, something is happening but then something completely different is happening in my brain. Like I'm thinking about something completely off the subject in the room. And all of a sudden, one of our kids starts repeating what I'm thinking. Well, I did it to you yesterday. You do it to me all the time. And then you say, 
I'm yelling yep. at you in my head. I'm yelling because my your, thoughts, your thoughts are, so are very loud. loud. I think that's entanglement. That's we're we're connected that way, and it happens from far away. It just happens all the time, having nothing to do with what's really happening on the outside. Like calling Martine after 25 years, calling. She picks up the the phone, barely skips a beat. She's like, Vaughn, I, I hadn't spoken in 25 years. And she swears she saw me like two weeks before. Quantum entanglement. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we sense each other coming together again, even though we're thousands of miles apart. It's just, it's amazing. And so anyway, this kind of thing led me to, I was just going through my papers because I studied intuitive medicine last year. Was it last year? Two years ago. Anyway, and I realized, oh my goodness, we were getting into the Schumann resonance. Are you familiar with this? It's defined out there by professionals. Schumann resonance is this. It's when you have a set of spectrum peaks in the extremely low frequency portion of the Earth's electromagnetic field spectrum. Oh my God, it sounds so complicated. Wow, that's so wordy and big it's words. Not, I know, it's really wordy, but I'll, I'll totally do it in fond terms in just a second. Schumann resonances are global electromagnetic resonances generated and excited by lightning discharges in the cavity formed by the Earth's surface and the ionosphere. How do, how do you pronounce that? I, ion, ionosphere. Ionosphere. So the, the Earth has a heartbeat. This is what it's all about. The, okay. the, the, the belief or the, the reason is the Earth actually has a heartbeat. Okay. And so first of all, there are like 2,000 thunderstorms happening on Earth, producing 50 flashes of lightning every second. That's a lot of lightning. So each burst of lightning creates electromagnetic waves that begin to circle the Earth between the surface and the ionosphere. So the ionosphere is the area that's 60 miles above the Earth. That's the ionosphere. Some of the waves in this space, which is the cavity, they start increasing in strength to create a repeated atmospheric heartbeat known as the Schumann resonance. Hmm. Schumann resonance. So do, does that, is that clear? Like, so basically, there are, I heard about this a long time ago, like, after 9-11 happened, I had some friends who showed me these graphs. They're like, look, there are these people who are keeping track of the Schumann resonance. Mm -hmm. There are these charts and it's, it's live. And you can see how the heartbeat goes to a peak at some points and then goes kind of back to like its normal state. But when it goes to a peak is when some big things happen on the earth, like 9-11. 9-11, the peak was so high right before it happened. And every time like there's a, there's a huge catastrophe, either natural, like a, a tsunami or, you know, an earthquake, like big things that happen, the earth starts spiking like this. The, the electromagnetic field, I think it is. Whatever it is that's being charted, there's a huge spike before it happens. And this explains me because I become like a lunatic. I get so anxious. 
and I have to start calling everybody. Is something going on with you? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, okay, well, let me sit here and meditate. Like, is it me? Am I just going crazy right now? What's happening? And I turn on the news. I'm like, is something happening out there? And then sure enough, a few days later, something happens out there that's huge. And by that time, I have come down from that, that, mm-hmm. that state of pure anxiety. It's a heightened stent. It's a heightened state of anxiety. And so I've been like this my whole life. And I studied with someone. I studied spiritual response therapy. And so what my teacher would do was he would kind of have me taken off this kind of level. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be connected to it as much, which made me feel easier and made me feel better. But it comes back, like it comes, and our kids have it too. Well, on some level, I think all kids have it. Kids are emotional sponges, and they 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 are hearing and feeling things that we don't necessarily, you know, we we've built up calluses, as it were, spiritual and otherwise. True. So we we ignore because there's so much just awesome and horrific things in the world. Right. Right, and usually, you know, you hear about this no problem in the family. Like when something's going on, when the parents are hiding things, the kids know everything. They feel everything. So I feel like it's wrong to hide things from them. But this is going beyond the family. This is like world events. Yeah, but I I think the kids are affected by that too. Do you think that's why so many kids are having a way harder time than previous generations? I mean, there's such a high... Spike in depression. We're seeing, you know, the the people who should be leading us, you know, acting like children. We're seeing the kind of... Irresponsibility. You know, who are our heroes now? People who make lots of money, sports stars and entertainers, reality stars, etc. It's it's like, wow, those are our heroes. No, I mean... Those are the people we look up to, wish to emulate. They're the idols. Yeah. And they're not our heroes, but they're the idols. Well, no, they're the heroes, period. They are the false idols. Maybe. I mean, not to get all, like, religious about it. Oh, dear. No, but that's true, right? It's like, wow, life should not be about finances. It should be about how we treat each other. Right. It should be about our communication. It should be about our loving each other. It should be about creating a beautiful life, I think. For me, that's what it is. It's about experiencing life, but not, I don't know, this whole money thing. It's just created um, a terrible situation, I think. Right. We're at the risk of everything, at the risk of other human lives, at the risk of all sentient beings. And I feel like the earth is a sentient being, that you're just going to destroy everything for the sake of power, money, all of that. Well, and if it's not going to happen for like a hundred years, it's not going to affect me. Oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, so I was thinking, is there a way that we are unentangled or can we become unentangled when the earth is, is let's just say when the earth is having high blood pressure. Can I, those are my terms, mm-hmm. right? Is there a way as soon as we feel it, that we can, you know, how you go into meditation and you can bring down your blood pressure. You can affect, you can affect change. You can right. create change, right? 
can we in turn, do you think, Matt, help the Earth's pressure by just lowering things down, calming things down with our little selves? I think so. That's really the trick. Now, there have been people who've tried to organize big groups of people who are going to meditate for the Earth. I was just going to say that. Yeah, totally. You know, I I think the trick is, is that we can do it for ourselves. And there are ways we can do it for ourselves, but we have to enter into a zeitgeist moment, I think, to affect real big change. So we need something that a lot of people are focusing on. And unfortunately, you know, there's, fortunately or unfortunately, there's a huge splinter right now as far as like there's a fragmentation as far as what we look to and what we do. You know, can you imagine? God, we were watching we were watching a TV show and they were talking about Hands Across America, <laughs> which was this thing, I guess, in the 1980s. You remember. I don't remember it. You I wasn't don't. even born yet. No. <laughs> Who knows? Doesn't matter. But anyways, where everybody was going to hold hands and it was going to go from like L.A. to New York or some ridiculousness, to like a, a common unbroken line of people holding hands. Of course, it fell short because, you know, welcome to Arizona, Nevada, you know, probably New Mexico. Huge I mean, the stretches. Rockies and, and... But anyways. What are the other mountains called on the East Coast? The Appalachians. Thank you. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> um, anyways, you know, could we have something like that again? I think we're too fragmented, even as a society. Everybody would try and claim ownership or want to cast it aside, and I, I don't think there could be a unified, no, you know, movement to do it. So that makes it very difficult for a zeitgeisty thing to occur. But you know what? Maybe that's what we're led to believe because we're not really. We we wish out there. there are forces out there that wish to separate us as a society. I just I don't believe anything anymore. So I'm like, might as well just like cook a nice meal for my family and make sure the house is clean and make sure that I'm creating some good things. Like, let me just do my own thing. I'm connecting to people I really bond with. And hello, Michelle. Michelle Silence. You know, like I, I'm just like, I'm just going in the direction of what feels really happy, mm-hmm. joyful. Right. Right. So... But if we could just go back to the unentanglement, because we can get tangled up into all the chaos. Oh, yeah. It's super right? easy. We All we have to do is just start accepting all the things that people want to throw at us. Oh, my God. So here's what... Okay. Talk about quantum entanglement again. So you all know I have insomnia. <laughs> I'm late, up late at night. Actually, this has nothing to do with that. But anyway, here's what was happening. Well, I was going to say, you know, when I do that, I just feel like if I'm not writing, if I'm not doing something productive, I'm watching weird TV. And the weird TV I watch are just like cooking shows at like three in the morning. Okay. So I'm watching a cooking show. And this was not that late, by the way. It was not late. It was like, I think it was 10.35 p.m. I'm watching someone make rugula <laughs> Ooh, right yes. i'm like oh, i was totally into it i'm like okay mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden a thought came into my head of okay so something happened in maine where there was another mass shooting in the united states and this time it was in maine and maine is just like this sweet state you know it can't all be sweet but well i mean it's it's calm there aren't that many people who live there it's just It just seems like a calm state. Right. Anyway, there was a mass shooting there. And this time, they couldn't find the shooter. He escaped. 
they could not find the shooter. And I want to say a few weeks before, like what, a couple months ago, there was this guy who escaped jail who was a total killer, and they couldn't find him either. But they were tracking him. He showed up on people's cameras in front mm-hmm. of their houses. Like, they saw him, but there was no trace of this guy, right? He was out on the loose, and the towns were shut down. No schools, everybody stay in your homes, that kind of thing. Anyway, out of the blue, I just had this thought. I had a flash, actually, of this shooter. I saw him taking his own life. It was a flash, and then I started to think, well, I wonder if they've caught him. And I started channel surfing, and all of a sudden breaking news comes on right at that second and it's it's the the cops i don't know whoever was in charge they were like okay we located him i'm like okay they located him but what they weren't saying immediately was he was dead and that they found a self-inflicted gunshot wound and they found him i think in some field or something whatever it was Mm. i saw it and i wasn't i mean that's quantum entanglement right there. I don't want to be a part of that. Like, ugh. So what can we do? <laughs> How can we dissolve the charge, my definition, of this? Like, can we, do we need to just be conscious of what we want in our lives and what we don't want in our lives and say, this is not allowed in my sphere, in my circle, as Matt says, in Aikido. What are we bringing into our circle? What are we wanting to get out of our circle and in my terms i would say clear how can i clear my field how can i clear my circle how can i clear my spirit of a, an entanglement i do not wish right. to have and and this isn't saying becoming unentangled with our fellow brothers and sisters like human beings in the world i'm just saying unentanglement from chaos from whatever is the opposite of joy love being unentangled from crazy stuff that gets in the way of having a loving world anyway that's what i wanted to express today well didn't yogi Berra say just because someone offers you something you don't have to take it yeah but what does that have to do with this well i'm choosing to not accept but it's craziness well yes that's true you know i think people literally go out searching for craziness but yeah, do you think that we are too? Do you think everybody is? I, I mean, we're talking about quantum entanglement. I we're know. talking about how we're completely entangled in everything. All right, there's no separation. Is there or isn't there? I mean, that's the fun part or that's there the isn't. uncomfortable part. I mean, if you believe that there isn't, then you're host. If you believe that there is, then maybe you can free yourself. I, I believe that there's no separation. So I guess you would say I'm host. Yes. Right? I would. I don't think that there's a separation, but I think if you become conscious of it, you can you can unentangle from certain threads and become part of another thread over here. I don't know. I don't know. I sound sort of stupid right now. Hey, no, you don't. Take it easy. I think literally there's... There's a couple of options. Number one is you can specifically avoid, but then you're burying your head in the sand. You can stop completely oh, like no. watching if... the news and paying attention to what's going on out there in the world. We can live in a cabin thousands of miles from everywhere and just, you know, raise our food and 
live off the grid, as they say. You know, that is certainly an option, and that may or may not, that'll keep you from the intensities. You'll still probably end up feeling what the world feels. That's what I'm saying. You end is up the feeling trick. it. You feel it. But I think it's about not internalizing it, and it's about trying to influence others to keep it light. You know, honestly, I think on some level that's part of the role of, of friendship, honestly. Um, something very prophetic I read said, uh, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Right. And so it's about increasing the joy mm-hmm. and lessening the pain. And that is, you know, that's friendship in a nutshell. And and really trying to be that agent of change and trying to be, you know, I think that the better friend we are, the more we start to affect the zeitgeist. But as J.R.R. Tolkien said, you know, but I am just a small hobbit in the face of it. Because it's a big world and as an individual, we feel small. You know how they did that thing though, um, Matt, help me out, where they they looked at something that was moving, the subatomic particles, mm-hmm. right? And when they put their focus on it, when they looked at it, it behaved differently. Ah, the impartial observer. Right? That's yes. what I'm talking about. So what I'm saying is, once you become aware of it, mm-hmm. you can choose, when you see whatever is spinning in this way, and you feel that that is negative. Right. You can say, well, I choose to have this kind of way instead and focus on that. So you're not ignoring it. You're choosing some other way of vibrating. You're choosing some other way. Ugh, Abraham Hicks, I used to listen to a long time ago. I haven't listened in a while. But um, they would say this. It's a woman, Esther Hicks, who channels, they call themselves Abraham. Um, It's a channel. It's really, really cool listening to that. But, um, ugh, I'm forgetting. uh, uh, Oh, contrast. They call it contrast. So let's say something bad happens, right? Mm -hmm. And you're not wanting that in your life. They're saying that that's really an opportunity for contrast. Right. So it's an opportunity for you to say, I would like this. So let's say, I don't know, there's a whole bunch of trash that shows up in your life. It's an opportunity. So, okay, there's a bunch of trash in your life. And what you want to say is, what you want is, I want a beautiful, sleek, beautiful, what's the opposite of trash, man? (laughs) Treasure. Yeah, I want treasure instead. So you focus on treasure, not the trash. And so you vibrate with that, and that's what gets built. That's the the other world that will get built, is the treasure. And I would say professional sports and visualization, which is where we get the visualization and the strength of visualization. Yes. It's like you you don't visualize the time that you completely sliced your ball at the tee in, te- in a tennis, yes, no, golf. You remember the time that you whacked it 400 yards or whatever a realistic <laughs> amount it to do is in right. golf. Like I will forever remember my hole-in-one in disc golf, which of course 
most people would say isn't a real whatever, but I remember the feeling and I remember how it felt as it was traveling mm-hmm. and holding on to that. Right. And that creates your world. And that's what your world is. And this kind of gets into that whole point of, remember, years ago you talked about this. I'm like, Matt, that's terrible. That is crazy. No one thinks like that. Ruh-roh. And you were right. All these people are actually thinking like that. The whole the whole idea that they think this is a video game, that life is a video game. Mm-hmm. That someone, How do you describe it, Matt? That what we're living is actually someone playing a video game. Right. That life is a simulated. That life is the matrix, and it's a simulated some 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 game. Someone is highly playing. detailed video game. Oh my gosh! No, thank you. <laughs> right, but I mean, if you really start to think about it, things start to get very painful because you know here's here's a fun one. I don't think I've ever mentioned this to you before, so we're gonna have some fun with this. Oh no! You know how you said that like the Earth is breathing. Well, it has a heartbeat. has a heartbeat. So there's a dun-dun-dun-dun. Schumann resonance. So if we go back some 4.3 billion years or whatever, the Big Bang, right? The universe has this nasty habit of expanding and contracting. Yeah, everything. And so at some point, the universe, everything that we know, everything that we live in, it'll all be in this giant mass of stuff. Well, what if that's a heartbeat or a breath or a of right. something else, right? Of a, or a of a attack? giant or of a, or is it a heart attack? Who knows? Is it a high blood pressure? It's happening? probably not. It's probably just a part of some creature who's unimaginable to us breathing. Oh my god! It could literally be a breath, and it takes you know twenty billion years to happen, and you know he's he's living his life normally, like as as we do with our breaths, or maybe, and then we have this entire universe inside of us. That gets created and destroyed inside of our breath. Well, because, again, the quantum entanglement. <laughs> and there you go. But honestly, like as with all things, it's about paying attention. Right. And, you know, really focusing on some of these things that we don't think about. Like something that you probably brought it to my attention. I'm crediting you with something. Um, wow. You know the phrase, <laughs> it's the least I can do? Yeah. Well, screw you. Do more then. Don't yeah. do the least you can do. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Don't ever do the least you can do. No, period. But I, but in you know life. What? That's a terrible thing. That's saying, you know what? I couldn't do okay, less. You know what, though? That's that, messed up. Say something else. Hold on a second. That could also mean, now I'm like doing devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. I'm playing devil's advocate. It could also mean... I love you so much. There's so much I can do for you that this that I just did for you is minor compared to what I can do for you, like what I will do for you. This is no big deal is what it's maybe saying. This so is, do more. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Everybody, <laughs> I just, everybody, I just, everybody calm down. Um, all right. So anyway, that's it. That's the thought <laughs> of this entanglement that we're in. If it's a knot that we're not excited about that's bothering us, let's focus differently and let's try to bring down the blood pressure because things are really crazy pants now. Yes. Like, it's scary. And one of my friends pointed out, life is not scary fun. If you actually go out there, it's quite beautiful. 
and loving. Yes, it is. Adventures with Todd. Oh. You know what? I'll put the link in our show notes. It's Todd and his friends and family. They are always hiking and they have the most beautiful images, like beautiful adventures. I'm like, wow. Because, you know, I'm terrified of nature. I'm like, whoa. You should have seen the shot. I'll have to show it to you. Okay. I went on a bike ride yesterday. It was gorgeous. Cool. I had to stop at one point and take a picture. But it's out of focus. But still, it's still pretty. All right. It's beautiful out there. Get out there. Okay. So that's it. Love you guys. Have a beautiful every day. Love you. Talk to you in a few days. Be well.